Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us today at the Next Level Brands Podcast. Our podcast today is brought to you by Kitchen to Shelf. Kitchen to Shelf is the educational arm of Next Level Brands CPG community and a provider of online and in-person courses and workshops for CPG entrepreneurs at all stages of growth. Whether you're an early stage startup, a local growing business, or a regional powerhouse, Kitchen to Shelf can help you learn what you need to know to grow. That's Kitchen, the number two, shelf.com. I'm Steve Clear, and I'm very glad today to have on the program Andrew Suzuka. Andrew is the founder of Automot Foods. He's a results-driven entrepreneur who's focused on building meaningful brands with the help of amazing people, or so he says, and he came to the food industry with 20 years experience in advertising, so I think he has the promotion angle of this nailed. He has been through scaling, mergers, acquisitions, loves research, and launched Automat in 2019. Automat is tomato spelled backwards for you clever brand managers out there. And the sell sheet says that Automat is the most nutritious and delicious tomato sauce on the market. And it may be because as a growing brand, the sauce has grown to over a thousand stores since 2019, including Whole Foods, Kroger, Fresh, Time Market, and others. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Hey, thanks for having me, Steve. I really appreciate it. So this is a real treat for me because I get to have a fellow agency person on the show. So we can talk about all kinds of things that half the audience is not going to know anything about, and, and, and it'll be a great conversation, but not for them. So we got to make sure if we get into industry speak, that not everybody who's out in the audience knows that. And as a matter of fact, a lot of food entrepreneurs are not familiar with advertising or much or promotion that much, as a matter of fact, when they get going. So, okay, successful agency guy. Uh, where in the world did you come up with an idea that I'm going to launch a consumer packaged goods product? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I guess where was was in my kitchen in Brooklyn um, while I was mating, making... So I was just making a, a meal for my daughter. I was honestly just making a pizza one night for her. She's nine years old now. She was about five years old then. And I do a lot of cooking around the house. At, at one point, I had six barbecues in my backyard. I wanted to have my seventh. And my wife was like, get out of here. And I was like, hold on. Sold five of them on Craigslist. I said, how about now? She said, fine. So uh, always been around food. My, uh, my family's been in food, restaurant business, et cetera. So you know, I, I like to cook. I like to eat. Um, and I really love cooking for my family because it's something that that we can do and have fun together. So one thing we do is we'll make pizzas together and I'll make pizza dough from scratch. Um, but pizza's not always doesn't always get the best wrap, right? It's not always the most healthy thing to eat. Right. Um, there's great things like cauliflower that comes out uh, that came out and, and things that are changing the game. And I said, well, wh what what about this sauce? What can we do here? And and I decided that night to just make one night one meal healthier for, for my daughter, Evelyn. It was, let me just load a bunch of veggies into the sauce. She ended up liking it and saying, dad, I want more. And that's when the light bulb went off. Right. And that's where the marketing hat in me also went off. It, the dad light bulb went off. The marketing hat went off. Everything went off. And I said, wait a minute, if she likes this and I'm a dad that's struggling with this, what about her classmates? What about other parents? What about other people? Maybe I could take this to a farmer's market. Maybe I could take it someplace else and wrap it with an ad and wrap, you know, do a bottle design and things like that. So sure. that was really, that was the spark. The spark was just coming from a, a genuine desire to help my daughter eat healthier. And, and, and that led us to, to the, uh, to the wonderful, by the way, bottle design and a very clever name and, and all of that, um, that's sort of expected, but all right. So from the agency side, 
Um, did you have any CP work with any CPG clients prior so that you had some knowledge or were you doing car dealerships? What were you guys up to? <laughs> right, right. So I, I do have the agency background of 24 years. Um, and, you know, but the work I would say that we were doing on the agency side was not meaningful, meaning we were working with Intel and helping sell chips. We're Intel chips. We're working with Unilever and helping sell shampoo. We were working with PayPal to help them transact more finances. Um, so the types of brands we're working with were, were actually not that meaningful. They were not, you know, better for you type of brands that 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 really that it, we weren't working with food brands. So um, and we were also it's very different being on the agency side. You work on the branding, you work on the numbers. I'm the CFO, CEO, all those kind of roles. But um, when you actually get into building your own brand, there's so much more. There is the nice label and the copy that you get to do and have fun with, but the operation, what goes on into building and actually making something production ready that can go to a shelf, that can oh, do all right. these other kind of things. It's a, you never learn that part in the agency world. So you learn the front side, you learn the, you know, the, 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 the fun, you know, Hey, let's make a jingle side, but you don't learn about all the work that goes on behind the scenes. Right. The plant is already, is already built at that point before they hired you. Mm -hmm. Um, so, all right, you're in the kitchen sink. Uh, what's next friends, uh, do you yep. know, reach out to nonprofits to do fundraising dinner? <laughs> where'd you go next? Right. Farmer's market. Right. I mean, you're in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I was thinking farmer's market, but I really, I, one thing that, that, that was really helpful was I went against the grain in terms of my natural tendencies of just hiding what I'm doing. I'm going to go into the lab and just not tell anyone about this for a couple of years until I figure it out. I, I, cause that's, that's more comfortable. I remember barking back at my bank saying then when I went to open my account at first saying, and, and I had to fill out some forms and I wasn't, I was pretty elusive of what this business was, that tomato sauce business. right? <laughs> and, and, and they asked me, Andrew, what is this business? And I remember like not really wanting to give him even as that far, which is, you know, in retrospect, kind of crazy. And I feel bad about it. Um, so what I did is I opened my mouth and I told a few good friends about what I was looking to do. Um, that led me to meeting with um, a really accomplished chef that helped me reformulate what we were doing. Um, that led me to on a that led me on a journey to figure out how does this all work? Who can make it? Let me talk to 50 factories and see who wants to take this on. 49 no's until you finally get a yes. Because when you're trying to do something different, which our sauce is, most people don't want to take it on. Who wants to deal with 10 vegetables? Who wants to deal with with figuring out you know perfect pH balances and, and make everything organic when they could just throw tomatoes, oil, salt, sugar in a bowl and, and, and sell it with, with anybody's name. So that's why it took so long. And, and trust me, I, I almost gave up. But when you have friends and family that are funding you in the beginning, you get a lot of guilt. You get a lot of like late nights to yourself thinking, mm -hmm. you know what, maybe it's easier as I say sorry and just give up and, and give it back, right? right. Yeah. And, you know, and then you start getting deeper and you start getting deeper than one, one time or another, something, something happens. Right. And then a little spark happens. And the next thing, you know, one person meets you, another person meets you and, and they start to see what really I think is important is, is if you have passion in the product, I always had passion. My concern was, can we actually do this mechanically? Can we, can we scale this business? Um, but once I was able to get our, our, our factories lined up, and once I was able to see people's smiles on their faces at our first trade show saying, holy cow, this is really good. And once you get distributors saying, Andrew, this is something special here, 
one or two people can gash up. Your friends and family always tell you uh, things are great. Yeah, yeah it's but great when stuff. You get, yeah. Yeah. When you get random people a time and time again telling you this is pretty cool, then you get someone writing about it here and there, then you start to then you start to get excited. You know, then you start to think about what's possible. Then you start to think about how big could this be? And maybe I can really make a difference in this world in my short time here. You, in terms of going on the production road, and I've talked mm-hmm. to a couple of other people recently who did this as well, and it may be more of a, a new thing coming is this idea of, you know, we look at the typical entrepreneur makes stuff, something at home or under a cottage kitchen loft, then it's out to a commercial kitchen or a ghost kitchen or whatever they're going to do to sort of get that next level of scale. And then eventually it's either they have to buy equipment or they have to find a co-packer. But you kind of went from the kitchen to the co-packer, your kitchen to the co-packer in that step. Um, and and you were you're talking 49 out of 50, but it took you a while. How did you find the one that was right and, and why? Why do you think they were interested in you? Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was part of the, so how we found them was a lot of, it was just a lot of like dialing phone call calling. And it wasn't even us actually finding the co-packer directly. It was us finding a summon equipment supplier that led us to the co-packer. Ah, right. So you can get you can get really creative. If you want to, you know, think about what kind of equipment you might need and you might not have a half million dollars sitting around and to see if one person's going to buy your jar, right? You start <laughs> yeah. you just start being like a good person and 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 just treating people right. And next thing you know, they're like, hey Andrew, you know, I I want to help you do this. Why don't you talk to this person? And then that person tells you, hey, don't, why don't you talk to this person? And we just got lucky. And then when we finally found the co-packer, you know, some of these co-packers, they're going to tell you, okay, Andrew, you can, we can do this, but you have to buy a quarter million jars. Thanks. But I don't even know if I, if I can sell two because I'll buy one, but I don't know about the <laughs> second one. Right. So, so, you know, you, you, you start to hit these walls and you just got to be persistent. You just got to be persistent. Eventually you'll find the right person, the right team, the right company. Um, there's co-packers and factories of all different sizes that make all kinds of things, U S based overseas. You know, we're here in the States. Um, our current co-packer is fantastic. They're not who our first co-packer was. We quickly basically within one month of launching, started working with our new co-packer because we were ready to graduate, get out of high school and go to college, go to grad school, you know, on this game. So you have to be able to, um, and really ready to evolve quickly if, if things are starting to work. And it's one of the things too, um, for folks out there that are contemplating going with a co-packer or currently with a co-packer is to have understand the capital intensity of putting together a company that makes stuff and especially several different lines of stuff. So whether you're doing, you know, hot fill or whether you're doing bags or whatever you're doing, it requires immense capital intensity. And it's it's a shame that we can't all grow our businesses at the same rate so that you can stay with a co-packer for a long period of time. But it almost is inevitable that if you're successful, you outgrow that co-packer and have to move on to another one. And it's just it's just part of the business. And then hopefully they've got somebody else coming in the door. Um, I mean, this is a compliment, but your formula recipe is a little complex. Tell yeah, us about it, what it's made up out of. Yeah, so we have 10 organic, our core sauce. We have four sauces in the market right now. There's, um, They're made up of nine to 12 organic veggies. Our, our hero sauce, I'd call it our first one. Our essential sauce is made up of 10 organic veggies. No added sugar, no junk. Um, it's something that we eat in our house several days a week, at least four, three, maybe four. Um, and it's just, it's just something that, if I had the time, I would make it. 
Um, I right. don't. So, right. you know, yeah. I, uh, you know and, yeah, so, you know, but it's literally if at the time I would make it. So it's something that I feel proud about that I, I want to be able to reflect back on life years from now and, you know, with my kids and say, hey, I'm kind of proud of what dad's doing. You know, they're too young. They're only nine and five right now. They they have an idea. They yeah. know, they know <laughs> they'll they'll jokingly, you know, they'll talk about Audemars sometimes or say, Dad, stop talking about Audemars. <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's something that's that's really that's really meaningful, but it's hard. It's hard to make our product. And um, we just appreciate the relationships that that we have to make it all possible. Um, and it's just, you know, everyone that that that's involved believes in it and it's something that that we know is making a difference. So we we gotta keep at it. I'm going to assume, Andrew, that you you also went at things a little differently again because of the the agency background. And um, when you have you find someone who can do your first run of manufacturing, whatever, did you were you sitting and thinking, oh my god, I want this on Wegmans or I want this in Whole Foods or how did you look at the distribution piece? Like, where am I going to sell this? Right. Yeah, I mean, I I was just excited to get it on my at my local grocery store. So finally, when we were able to make our first jar, I had no idea where we were going to sell it. I was happy to get a few thousand jars and I would sell it out of the trunk of my car. I really didn't. <laughs> I, I, I didn't care. The, the hardest part was like, can I get a commercial product that's 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 shelf stable that we can sell and and and, um, you know, that that I was proud about. So we were able to get the product. That was the hardest part. Distribution, you know, not not saying it's easy, but it's it's far easier than actually being able to scale your product and, and being able to make it, you know, outside of a ghost kitchen and to commercialize it. So what we were successful in was the hardest part was commercializing our product. From there, it was being able to sit down. Then we knew we could sit down with buyers, distributors, and tell them, hey, look them dead in the eye and say, you want 100,000 jars, I can give that to you in, in a single day's run, right? So I couldn't do that in my house. I couldn't do it at a ghost kitchen. I couldn't do it at a small co-packer. So you know, it comes it it really depends on the velocity that that you're you you can stomach and that you're willing to to bet on, right? And so we really we we got lucky. Trade shows were fantastic, um, and we were exposed to a lot of people. And then it just went store by store. Um, we had our website up, and uh, people would just email. You know, our first our first first store was in Long Island City. Well, our second store, the first one was my a neighborhood grocery. Right. But the first, the next one, which I got a random call from, I thought it was a little deli somewhere in New York City, <laughs> and it turns out it was a, a place called Food Cellar. And um, someone saw us on Facebook or something, and they're a really nice store. They're kind of like the Whole Foods of Long Island City, which is is part of New York City. Right. And when I walked into that store, I was like, "Holy cow! This is like a really nice store." They called me. I was like, "How'd you guys find me?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, you know, so it just it 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 goes slowly by slowly, and it was literally out of the trunk of my, my car at that point. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um what about Whole Foods? How'd you tackle Whole Foods? Yeah, so you know, Whole Foods came about um from a couple of angles, I guess. I mean, we were at Expo East and you know, they do walk shows. They have an amazing eye for finding new products that that yeah. they feel resonate with their customers. And we also had a great broker and still have the same great broker, um Andrew Lima off the ground and he had been communicating with with um with the buyers there, um, asked them to swing by the booth when they had time. Um, they, towards the end of the show, they came by, we then got invited to the category review. And, and then shortly thereafter, they said, Hey, we want to take you nationwide. So that was, that was the best Christmas present I could ever dream of. <laughs> it's also wow. a very nervous one to get to, but well, <laughs> I also, 
I also yeah, knew that we, 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 we had the, you know, we had the stomach for it. We we're ready for it. We asked for it. You know, we knew what we were asking for when we went down to Texas to pitch them and we knew we can deliver. So, right. um, so that, that was, that was another thing, you know, if they, I would imagine if they didn't feel that we can fulfill demands and things like that, that they would, you know, maybe do regional testing or something or say, come back next year, you know, or if we weren't ready, we would say, we let's come back next year. But, right. you know, it's, you know, just things started to work Um, trade shows. I mean, that was Expo East. Those, those shows were, were fantastic. I mean, summer fancy food show. Fantastic. So much fun to do those. I really miss them and I'm looking oh, forward to goodness. doing them again. I, I uh, yes. Yeah. I, right. Yeah. No, I, I can't, I cannot wait. Um, you know, and I, and they're still pushing back a little bit because it's going to take a little, but, but I think, yeah. it, I don't know, Expo East, I'm not sure. Uh, they yeah. might be able to do it if maybe they push it to October or something. And, yeah. you know, but I, we'll get back on it. But on the other hand, we also know that, you know, buyers efficiencies have probably gone up 200% in the last year. And we're not going to go back to every meeting, face-to-face, cuttings, sampling. That you know, that it's never going to return back to the way it was. Totally, we're going to have to get used to Zoom pitching a food product, which is not easy, especially for a lot of products which require preparation. So, right. So, I mean, I'm I'm sure Automat is wonderful cold, uh, but you probably want to have it, you know, heated up and maybe a little pasta or something. Well. How do you do that in a Zoom call? It's like, right. you know, we're right. eating it. Yeah, uh, I remember being in, in the Kroger, sorry, um, in the Kroger's kitchen, right? We were pitching Kroger's uh, like a year ago. And uh, just like you said, we were getting the pasta ready. We're getting the heating things up. And, uh, but it's different now. What do we do? We sell, send samples along the way and, you know, hopefully they try it out and, yep. you know, it, it, it can work. Um, but it's a different, you know, it's a different, uh, it's a different angle, different pitch, different time. Absolutely. Uh, talk to me a little bit, Andrew, about uh, direct-to-consumer, your approach, uh, e-commerce. I mean, you're in a glass bottle, so how's yeah. that working? Yeah, I kind of wish I was in a plastic bottle or a pouch sometimes, but uh, you know, it's it's one of the things that you it's a must-have. You have to be available D2C, no matter what type of food product you have. Um, frozen, fresh. I mean, yeah. if, if you're looking to build a brand, how there's buyers out there, there's people's out, people out there that can be very influential. And they don't want to, you know, they may just want to test you out without even telling you, right? So they have to see that you're a real brand. They have to see that real people can purchase your brand, that real people, you know, um, have tried your brand. And so D2C just becomes a must have. Um, for some brands, it's it's a bigger revenue stream than others. Right. Um, to your point, we're glass. We're about eight pounds per box. We send four uh, four jars. We do have single mailers, um, but the postage there's there's no uh, there's not really many discounts with the USPS you know, no, or, no. Or, or postal service. If you, get in a, you can get a medium flat rate box. That's the best you yeah, can probably do. Right, right, right. And we're very picky about our boxes. So going back to the marketing, I mean, we you know our boxes are branded. They 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 look great. Um, one of the pieces of advice. One of my first printers gave me said, Andrew, don't, don't waste the money on a branded box. I didn't listen to them. I'm glad I didn't because uh, yes, it cost me more, but at the end of the day, you got to turn some heads, right? First, you got to get someone's attention. Then if you're lucky, they'll try your product. So right. if this thing's going from here to California, I want everyone to see it. It's like seeing a truck, a branded truck on, on the highway, right? You just kind of, Hey, it's some free publicity. So 
Um, and it also makes it feel different when you get the box in the mail and it just, it's not just another thing from Amazon. So, you know, we're, um, you know, we do invest in the branding. The branding is key. The marketing is key. Um, I mean, it all just has to come together. It's, it's a big symphony. When, when you use your first ones, Andrew, did you do your cases in the same cases that the bottles came in when they shipped them to you? No, I mean, we were, when we first got them, I mean, they were coming in 12 packs. And one of the best pieces of advice from, from Unify, one of the people from Unify said, Andrew, you got to get these down to six packs. Yeah. And this is when we weren't even really in storage yet. And I was yep. like, oh, that's that's a great piece of advice. So it was really exciting to see that rep like at Expo East, you know, say, yeah, look, look what we did. We did the six packs. And because, you know, stores, they'll try products, right? But right. to take 12 of a single skew is is a lot, you know, for some of these places, right? So especially the the small organic spots and even the larger stores, right? They want to see the turn. They want to see velocity before they commit to more. So six you know, we're, we're, they, we would get them in 12 packs and repack them. You know, we still repack them, you know, now yep. they come in six packs and we repack everything down to four. And, and the distributor, you know, fair, fair enough that the distributor wants to drop off one box per store off the truck. Doesn't want to mm-hmm. cut the box and put six bottles in the back room and six, but you know, right. That doesn't make any sense. So, right. yeah, is it, is good practical reasons and, and, and economic reasons because most distributors will charge you to do that. So you don't want to do it. Um, I have to be. I have to ask you about your appearance on QVC. So, yep. and appearances on QVC. So, uh, for folks that don't get it, you should. Food Business News, tremendous magazine, and Monica Waters did a great article on QVC. And Andrew was like the lead product talking about selling at QVC. So, for those that aren't familiar, who may have seen it, maybe just on the other side, how does that work? What was your experience and you can do it again, obviously. Yeah, I mean, QVC is 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 a pretty awesome platform, but it's not one that I ever ever thought about, right? <laughs> until until people from QVC, hosts and brokers came by and found us at Fancy Food Show, and tried our product, liked it, and then a few weeks later, we got a call saying, "Hey, would you like to you ever consider being on QVC?" So it's 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 that thing that. My parents and my friends' parents as kids used to watch and you know buy right. lampshades or something from, I don't know. And so, yeah, but I was like, this is kind of interesting. You know, I didn't know if people really watched it. I was like, sure, let's let's give it a whirl. And um, and then it was actually what it turned into was was a really, really amazing outlet for us and I really for any up-and-coming, you know, brand, because we, we we've been on. 16 I've been on 16 times on QVC since we launched since we our first show which was January 29 2020 was our first show and um it's just incredible the the amount of dedicated viewers that that program that channel has is is just incredible i mean it's a completely different audience it's not one that you're going to find any other place and it it just helps from a velocity standpoint it helps you test your product it helps really pressure test. You know, when you're building a website, you might do penetration testing. And you're going to do, you know, yep. to find those cracks and things like that. I would, I would compare it to something like that when you go on QVC, because you might sell a few thousand, you might sell 10, 20,000, who knows how many products you might sell a few hundred. Um, but it helps you really test, are you ready for scale? Right. And then they're not going to kill you. They'll, you'll start out on some smaller shows and warm up to some bigger numbers if, if the audience is, is, is for it. But I think it's, it's similar to pen testing where it's great and there's, there's really no downside. I mean, 
you can't pay to be on the show. They have to invite you and they have to like you. And if your numbers are working, they ask you to come back again and again. But yeah, we got lucky. We were, were broker represented and, um, and it's, and it's been, they've been good to us. It's interesting that uh, there's almost like an element, uh, a sort of a self uh, fulfilling element of discovery within people who are watching a show and shows about newer food products. So kind of if, if you're if you're willing to watch the show, you've kind of already said, I'm open to some yeah. new things, right? So it's not like I'm trying to reach you in the middle of CSI or something, right? And get your <laughs> attention. It's you're there for the purpose of seeing new stuff and going, yeah. yeah, I like that. No, I don't like that or whatever. So I mean, it's just, it's just a great audience. And the numbers, as you were mentioning, it, are, are pretty phenomenal. And I remember a founder of Mamie's Pies has been on a number of times and and, you know, and she was talking about, yeah, I have to space out because of production. I mean, literally, I have to have a whole lot of stuff ready. And I just cringe at the idea that we're going to, you know, run out and have to, you know, deliver something a little later or whatever. But, you know, pretty amazing. Yeah, no, it's 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 really great. And I, I would definitely recommend it to, to brands. They're starting to seek out um new brand they always are but especially now they're looking for new and interesting brands and what's most appealing honestly to qvc from my point of view um but it's been stated before that you know the brands that are not that accessible the brands that are not available nationwide the brands right. that are just starting to to bubble up because though they they want to, they want to bring to their to their viewers value they want to bring to right. their viewers something new and help them discover so right. and and the last thing is that which makes, in my opinion, that's such a special environment is let's say you're sampling. How hard is it to stop someone in their tracks and have them listen to you for 10 seconds, five seconds? You know, Tough. what about eight minutes, right? So with QVC, you're, you have them locked in for seven to eight minutes. One of our shows was supposed to go for seven minutes, but it was selling so well, it started to feel weird. And I was like, why aren't I hearing the music in my headphones? And <laughs> they're and, taking me and, off the stage. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where's the uh, where's the clown hook? And you know, where's the gong? And and it turns out we were on for about 15 minutes. It was, I think, our fourth show, fourth or fifth show. And and I found that afterwards, well, the producer said keep letting it run because it's it's going well. So, you know, it's a um, yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun thing to do. Um, it's definitely nerve wracking a little bit, but um, it's great for media training. It's great for for just practicing your 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 pitch and uh, and they have some incredible hosts. Uh, they're they're super trained. They're going to fill in. They're going to make sure you don't fall down. And uh, you know it's it's good times. Um, going back a little bit to so I mean you started in 2019 and you walk right into just getting some momentum. We walk right into 2020. Um, how did the pandemic affect the business, either consumer side, supply side? I mean, obviously the trade shows we've just talked about, but how, how badly did it affect and or were there positive effects you weren't expecting? Yeah, I mean, the it was definitely a, a nervous time. I mean, to be slotted nationally, the first week of the riots that really started bubbling up in, in May you know, of, of 2020 was not expected having whole food stores close temporarily during our week of launch was not expected. <laughs> um, you know, having, you know, a big drop in foot traffic was, was not expected, but you kind of, you kind of roll with it. I mean, you look at all the positives, you plan ahead. So we, and you, this is where you really, you know, test your partnerships with, with the people that you're working with. So we never had a supply chain issue. We never had to short our, our, our distributors. Um, we were able to really plan ahead. And um, which is capital intensive too, right? Because you you might have to 
forward um, produce more than your POs on hand are. But you also know, hey, the shelves are getting cleared out these days and you got to be there. And, you know, if you want to you want to be there, you have, you have to have products. So, you know, the pandemic absolutely sucked, you know, from a from a, a human standpoint. Um, and, you know, regardless of the business impact, good or bad, I wouldn't want it to happen again um, to that degree or any at all, you know, if that were possible ever. Um, it, but it just it just makes you change your 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 plan. You, it makes you uncomfortable and you have to be really comfortable being uncomfortable. So we may have planned on doing sampling in stores, but instead we'll do Zoom events and we'll do different types of, of things for, for people um, to reach them in more creative ways. So you, you just have to be ready to alter your marketing plans and strategies uh, because, you know, some people may think, hey, it's, you know, it's pandemic, every food category is doing fantastic. And, and, you know, to some degree, food and a lot of foods do do better or did better, right? But at the same time as a new brand, a lot of people just go for what they know. Oh, for anyone right. totally. that's going, yeah, if you're going into Whole Foods, you're in and out. Like, do you want to be moseying around? Like, I mean, I used to spend hours in the grocery store, right? Yep. Today, I mean, I got my list. I know what I'm buying. I'm in and out of there, right? I'm holding I'm my going. breath up and I'm going underwater. Um and so, and and that that changes how you reach people because it's a new brand is still a new brand, right? And I'm not on their shopping list yet, or you know, wasn't. So, you have to just get creative and, and pull my 24 years of of practice and and put it into play. Um, in in, in that context, uh, going forward, growing. Okay, have you at this point hired an agency to work with, and and what is that going to be like when you do? Yeah. So, so we, um, in terms of, so we actually hired a PR and creative agency before launching. So awesome. what was really, yeah. So it was really key for me. It was really in December of 18, maybe January of 19. Uh, and we first went on shelf on, uh, and went online, went live in March of 19. So to me, the, the branding was, had to be on point from day one, um, not just the packaging, but the sell sheets, the website, everything just had to be tight. Yep. Um, our story, our positioning, and so we made those investments early on, which, you know, hey, a lot of people are going to try to do themselves and kudos, and, you know, everyone has their own, own, their own, their own ways and own, their own journey. Um, mine was to go with what I knew, which was go with an agency so you can focus on the operations and the sales, you know, they'll handle the branding. And of course, coming from the agency standpoint, I had plenty of feedback, right? <laughs> um, of course. But I, what I didn't have experience, I didn't have experience designing trade booths. And I knew we needed to have a, a stunning booth and something that was simple that really communicated our values well. Um, and so, you know, those are investments we, we made. And so we still have our PR, we have a PR agency now. Um, we evolved our, our creative. We took a lot of the creative in-house. We have some creative that's, you know, with our media buying agency. Um, we have our social team. We have our broker um, with QVC. Right. We have our broker for retail. We have international brokers. So there's, there's a lot of people. I mean, if it depends on the velocity that you want to go and how much time do you have in your day? Because it's not, oh, I don't just work. Although sometimes my family tells me I do, but you know, I do have two kids and a wife and and I do my best to, to, to be there and make breakfast every day, make the lunches for the kids every day, come down for dinner almost every day. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just important to not try to take it all on yourself and realize that there's people that are better than you that have been doing this. It would be like me trying to do my taxes. Could I figure out how to do my taxes? I could, but I would, I would not be as good as someone who did that for the past 20 years. Right. 
and and let's talk about that real quick, which is how what was the reaction and how have you balanced what was your day job and or is your day job and and growing a brand? I mean, a lot of people can't grow a brand spending full time on it. How that work? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 it comes back to bringing the right partners into the mix, right? I mean, honestly, I you know you can say I I do I do a lot for sure, but I probably do the least in many ways, right? In a lot of the, in, in a lot of these verticals, and I'm, and I'm okay with that, right? Um, you know, my job is 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 of course is to oversee everything, but I also have my operations guy. I hired my best friend, run this thing nine to five, nine to nine, whatever. And there's no hours really just run this, help me do, you know, the, the ops part down, have my brokers to help on the sales things. I mean, they'll team me up. They'll say, Andrew, Hey, we have a meeting with so-and-so at this time on this day, let's go. And then, you know, lights, camera action and you, and you make it happen. Um, creative that side to me just comes naturally. Right. So I'll do midnight calls, you know, I'll do nine in the evening. Yes. I got a nine to five, but as long as you can balance things and you're upfront about commitments, then, you know, anything's possible. If I start screwing up on either side of the fence, I'm going to hear it from somebody, trust me. Um, but you know, I'm also the type of person that just, I like to stay busy. Um, and you know, and it's a healthy, it's a healthy balance. Some days are longer than others, but then that's why you got the, uh, Nespresso machines or stuff stuff like that. Yeah. Uh uh, without without getting into obviously anything proprietary or what's uh, what's next what's down the road yeah so in in May we do have our first non product uh, not non product not our first non sauce um, product line coming out so I'm really excited for for May that's our target date um, you know just for you know just try to also be smart about expansion like we we do say no to retailers and we have said no we've said yes as well um, so just really being smart and going deeper, you know, partnerships are key. So there's some really great brands we're chatting with right now. I mean, you want to talk about how to scale. Well, think about what are the right partners to have, you know, by your side. And I'm not talking about um, agencies and PR and things like that, but what are other brands that are like-minded that you'd like to be affiliated with? If you were to start a virtual family, who would be in that family? Who would be your brothers, sisters, cousins, and, and those, and, and, and then you just chat with them. You know, we're all, we're all in this world trying to do something. And, um, you know, people are doing something in the vein of, of what you're doing, which is trying to make something better for, for, for people to eat, taking an everyday food and just make it better. That's, that's a pretty cool thing to do. So if you could do that with some other like-minded people, you start to get really creative. I mean, I've had some great brainstorms in the past week with people about, you know, collaborations and stuff. And, you know, and you guys fun. share a tribe, a lot of the, the food, emerging food, better for you foods in the sector. Yeah. A lot of the same yeah. people are your consumers. Yeah. So yep. you know. yeah, you know, it's great for for cross cross promoting things, and you know, well, you, you just got to keep the spacs away. You know, those little spacs are making are kind of annoying me. But uh, you know, besides that, you know, yeah, we're 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 um, we're all just trying to do our thing. I, yeah, I, I I don't have a financial training, uh, but I look at valuations and I go, I, I try to figure out how did you come because if. Your company, if, if that is valued at 31 billion, <laughs> then my, not, next level, my company is got to be at least 50 billion because I actually have revenue. I mean, I'm profitable. I'm yeah. solopreneur almost, but profitable. Yeah. 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 That, that's, a, that's a switch, by the way, from, from CPG 
it, you know, talking to people who were in, because the, one of the first things I did was to, when I started consulting with emerging brands was to, I had no finance background. I worked large CPG. I was an agency owner, right? I mean, that's what I did. So I went to people who were in finance and luckily I had some friends and I said, so how do you guys look at this again? You know, because I never had to justify, you know, a budget or anything to anybody. My client had a budget. All I had to do was figure out how to spend it effectively. Uh, this whole idea of fundraising and valuation and whatever. And then we have norms, right, in the food you know, food industry. And we have, we know certain, whether it's 4X or 5X, whatever we're doing. But still this idea that, you know, you look at all the, these companies and just say, I can't believe they raised that much money because I can't believe you could sell that many uh, toasted uh, whatever noodles, you know, I mean, just in a million years, how are you going to do that? And I, and I know what some large brands turn in a day, right? I mean, you know, and, and it's like, no, 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 I, I just don't see that, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. spe- speaking of that, real quick, fundraising. You said you started out, obviously, friends and family and stuff. And what? Where is? Where's that road going? Yeah, I mean, it's still it. It kind of extended to the. I would say to the extended family. Um, we've been approached by by a number of VCs and you know ones with big names that back some big brands and you now I've kind of given them the Heisman stance a little bit um, right now because um, you know there there is. A wealth of knowledge to be gained from a strategic investor. So we are looking yes. at who who those are, um, and there's probably a lot of annoyance that comes from bringing in certain type of institutional investors that I just don't want to deal with, to be quite frank. So you know, um, uh, I've been so in those meetings. Yeah, I've been yeah, in there. yep, yep, yeah. So it's so you just you just gotta you know take it and and really survey the landscape and and measure twice or measure three times. And, and then at the right time, you know, you, you decide what to do. So I would say right now where we're at is, is exploring, you know, who to bring into that next round. Right. Right. And, um, and is it going to be, um, you know, one of these established players or, or will it be another creative solution? You know, um, I honestly haven't decided on that yet. I think there's, there's benefits to both, to both sides. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, we've talked, you know, a little bit about uh, Whole Foods and Kroger, Fresh Time. Uh, where online can we find the product? Let people know. Oh, sure. So if you Google Odomat, which is tomato backwards, um, you'll see us pop right up. Uh, but odomatfoods.com, O-T-A-M-O-T foods, F-O-D-S, odomatfoods.com. So you can find us there. Um, uh, Sprouts, Wegmans, Fresh Time, Whole Foods, Year One. Um, there's a store locator on our website, Amazon, everything's right. sold on Amazon. Um, yep. so yeah, I mean, um, you know, be, uh, trying to be, we're trying to be accessible to, be. to everybody. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I noted in, in, um, the little bio sheet that I got, uh, talk to us about crop circles, Andrew. <laughs> nice. Um, I like that. So, um, at, at my previous agency, I, I guess the, um, I guess the statute of limitations passed. Um, so we um, we were working on a campaign for one of our clients, and uh, we just needed some creative creative um, to to show off. And this was really honestly, it was back on the the same year that YouTube launched. We launched our agency launched a video site where people would upload um, right. submissions to 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 you know promote this new car. And and um, I ended up giving a submission in and um 
it was, I had this idea one morning, Hey, why don't we make a crop circle with in a cornfield with the letters of this car? And, um, turned out the client really liked it and wanted to feature it. So uh, I, I, I had no experience doing that. I didn't even know where to go. I said, let's just drive North. I think there's cornfields in Connecticut found that ended up finding a cherry picker so we could film it from 50 feet high. Ended up the guy's neighbor, had a helicopter that we rented, flew over it. It was pretty neat. So I, I had to put that on my, I think there's a video on my LinkedIn with that, which was a ball of fun. It was probably the best work day. One of the top, definitely one of the top one, two work days of my life was, was doing that, you know? That, that should qualify you to grow a ponytail and be a creative director. Uh, some, you know, yes, in some, in, in, uh, and, I, and I could build $2,000 an hour, um, probably uh, in, in some circles for sure. I, uh, uh, I think that it's just, yeah, that's great. And, and the creative side, I, I think really helps even in the packaged goods business, which isn't necessarily the most creative, but I think it gives you a real, real plus up. Uh, Andrew, we, we try to, um, we try to get guests to share a little bit for fellow entrepreneurs and stuff. Some of the, uh, um, some of the challenges and stuff they've had in growing brand. We've talked about a number of them, but if you were looking back now to 2019, um, what do you think has been the largest obstacle and, and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I think it's, uh, let's see the largest obstacle in growing the brand, um, is, is really making sure you're scaling in a smart way, right? And that's, and it's hard because there could be a lot of landmines. Um, there's, you know, you want to go national, you want to be with the biggest distributors, but you really want to make sure you're doing that in a smart way. These agreements are long, you're going to be bound to them and you want to make sure that you have the right people on your side reviewing them, commenting on them and, and really giving you feedback on them. So I, you know, I would say um, in retrospect, 2.0, do it again. Um, you bring, you bring in some pros with that experience a little bit earlier because it takes a little while to unwind some of the things that, that maybe, you know, yeah. were set yeah. in motion earlier on when you were just too anxious. Um, yeah. I, I think that that's, that's the main one. Just, just realizing that, People may want to jump all over you and tell you the best things since sliced bread and come on board, um, but just really pumping the brakes and bringing the right advisors on board to really make sure that you're like you know what you're getting into before you get into it, and uh, because it could take a year or so to, to kind of like un- unravel some things and it's kind of thing about yeah good stuff awesome advice Andrew appreciate it appreciate you taking the time to be with us today and share your stories um about about growing the brand and Odomot folks that's tomato spelled backwards and whose idea was that real quick before we wrap up uh Odomot, i guess uh the name Odomot was the just Odomot uh name. yeah it wasn't our creative it wasn't my creative agency they gave me about 100 names i didn't like and i said <laughs> you know what if, if there's going to be a stupid name i might as well come up with it myself and i just started playing around with things and and it's stuck and the SEO works. So you know. it's absolutely great. Yeah. And the search works because the letters are all there, right? So you know, yeah. it doesn't matter what order they're in. <laughs> right, Figure right, it out. Right, right. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, sir. We'll cool. be talking to you again down the road when, you know, you're like you buy Hunts or Heinz or something and figure it out. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Steve. I, I appreciate you yeah, having me. This is, this is fun. No problem. And thanks to all of you for joining us today on the Next Level Brands podcast, part of the Next Level Brands CPG community. If you have a growing firm in food, beverage, health and wellness, or even small goods, you should be a part of the Next Level Brands community, education, resources, workshops, and founder coaching 
More information available at nextlevelbrands.com. That's next with two X's. I'm Steve Clear, and we will see you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at next with two X's levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.